Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so hey, how's everybody doing? Um, this is uh, Mike, and you're listening to Being Humanist. Um, I've got this as live show number four, but uh, I'm a horrible host, and I can't remember if this is actually number five or what. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's just me today. Um, we hadn't done a show in a long time, and I thought it might be a good idea to just kind of do a random show about whatever. Um, uh get one up there because it's it's been a little while um keith actually happens to be on vacation and um uh yeah (laughs) we had uh it was the end of the semester um where i work where he goes to school and uh um basically the end of the semester gets kind of crazy and we don't get a whole lot of time to just kind of sit down and think about what we want to do a show about uh he's actually gone on vacation he's in He's hiding in Arizona somewhere with some friends. And um, I said, hey, dude, I'm going to do a random show tonight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, here I am. And, um, yeah, so if uh, you're interested in getting a hold of us, uh, calling us, emailing us, whatever, finding us on social media, uh, see, uh, we'll have you uh, first uh, uh, send us an email at uh, beinghumanist.podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on facebook.com slash beinghumanist.podcast. Um, Twitter's at beinghumanistpc. And um, I guess as far as the show is concerned, um, if you'd like to call in, the number is 646-668-8748. Um, and it actually looks like I've got a phone call. And I may or may not know who this is, but it is um, – it is area code 317. Who am I talking to? I think you know who this is. <laughs> I wondered if it'd be I wondered if you'd be you, man. <laughs> How you doing, Justin? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, so what's going on, man? Well, yeah, I, uh, I saw your post and it, uh, I was thinking, oh, like, what, what things have been on my mind? regarding religion lately and um, the absolute first thing that came to my mind was when I was commenting on the post just about uh, being taken to church uh, by my girlfriend and uh, you know just listening to some of the gospel songs and then there were some interesting lyrics that I'm like is that really those are real (laughs) lyrics to a real gospel song and uh, like I've I've asked other people that uh, that are believers to like about it. I was like, what what exactly is this song trying to get at? And they want no part in the conversation. 
<laughs> they just turn off immediately. So you actually talked to some people there. Is that what you said? Well, no. Uh, like I have, you know, I, I have friends that are Christian, and they, you know, they go to church, and their families okay. are religious and everything. So yeah, no, I wasn't gonna call out people at a church that I don't attend. Uh, but uh, it was um, like they're they're friends of mine that I feel comfortable asking questions to. Okay, so, so you asked, so you talked to a few different people about this uh, this these lyrics already, and they just kind of didn't say anything. Well, it was more of like an awkward. Like they knew, like when I said, "Hey, these are the lyrics." What exactly are they getting at? Like you could just see their facial expression just get really upset. They're like, oh, "I have to defend this." Uh, okay, and just you know, just trying to find you know like any type of justification for for what these lyrics could possibly mean. Uh, okay. So you you gave me a you sent a couple of screenshots of these lyrics on uh, face on the Facebook page. Um, yeah. Do you want do you want to read them or do you want me to read them? Can you read them? Do you have them uh, yeah, in front of yeah, you? Just, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and read them. I mean, the the, the two pieces of lyrics uh, are two lyrics from this particular song. Uh, actually, hold on. Uh, so the song is called Here Now, uh, and and the two pieces that I'm taking away from the song. Uh, it makes no sense, but this is grace. It makes no sense. <laughs> like that, it makes no sense. Like you're absolutely right. It makes no sense. Um, and then the other lyric is faith makes a fool of what makes sense. And I mean, I couldn't agree more with that statement uh, because it's, faith. it's Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. But grace found my heart where logic ends. Yes. So, <laughs> so, it, so that's saying, you know, two plus two is four, but you can believe that it's 17 and just have faith in that answer. I, I just, I cannot wrap my head around that type of thinking, around that type of mentality. And maybe it's just some people are wired differently. Uh, just the way my brain works is if you can write something down and make it and make an equation and then proof, like some type of proof where I can visually see, oh, yes, that makes sense. I can get behind that because it's proven. But this is basically saying, Hey, you know, you just kind of have to give all of that logic shit up, and and just believe, just believe in things that you can't see or prove at all. So I don't know. So that uh, so that just kind of bothered me, and that really stuck with me throughout, you know, the rest of the you know the rest of the service, and it just really not that I was ever you know, interested at all anyways, but it really just turned me, it, it, it was reassurance as to why I'm not uh, religious at all, because I just can't, I just can't. So how did the conversation go down that uh, your girlfriend convinced you to go with her? Well, I mean, she's really hot. 
so there's <laughs> not really a lot of convincing. Uh, no, it's so religion is important to her. So, so if you go back, I think about a year, like she, you know, she says that she was in the same position I am. That you know, if you just if you're just a good person you know, and you're nice to people, then why isn't that enough? And then one of her friends convinced her, you know, like to, you know, to go to a service. And um, and she said that it really spoke to her, you know, and uh, and then, like, she kept wanting to go back, and then she just she just felt God's love. And uh, and then, like, she, and then she was back, and now she's, uh, like, now it's something that's important to her. And that's honestly fine with me. You know, like if that's, uh, you know, something that you use and it makes you happy and you feel like it makes you a better person, I think that's great. You know, I have no problem with, you know, people that are religious and I, I clearly uh, don't mind dating, uh, you know, a, a Christian. But uh, so it's important to her that I keep an open mind. Uh, and that, you know, like if she like invites me that I'm not completely closed off to the idea because, and, and I feel at least being, you know, agnostic is that, you know, like you, nothing can be fully explained. Like there is no, like even if you go back all the way to the big bang, well, what caused the big bang? I don't know. Maybe it's some, maybe it's, there's some being or something somewhere that said, Hey, you know what? Let there be life. I don't think it was the God that religion is talking about, uh, especially, you know, when you consider that the Bible only talks about one little planet, you know, and, and there's billions, trillions of planets throughout millions of galaxies, you know. So, but this book talks about the beginning of life, and all of life is just all in one, like, minute decimal point of, of the entire universe. And it's just, I don't know, it's just way too far-fetched for me. So, um, but, but yeah, so, I, so I'm trying to keep an open mind and, like, maybe, 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 doubtfully, probably not, something might make sense. And I'll be like, oh, but there's just, I don't know, I, I'm keeping an open mind because relationships are about compromise and it makes her happy, so I go. And uh, yeah, and then uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I can understand that. Uh, I know that having gone to church as often as I have, you know, up until my mid twenties, um, it never really changed for me, and it never ever felt like uh, uh, anything that wasn't something telling me I was going to hell for listening to rock and roll music or something. (laughs) So it never, yeah, I never really kind of got past that. It never was something that felt right to me. And uh, now, yeah, it's, I, I will always tell people that I have an open mind and that, um, yeah, if you can convince me, I'll become whatever follower of whatever makes sense. (laughs) What evidence exists for what? But uh, yeah, um, that's what it's gonna take. Um, I don't know what that says about those who follow whatever religion, but um, and 
whether they would change their mind to go for something else. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I've always felt. And it's just going to church has just never worked for me. And I've had a few people invite me since uh, be becoming open about it uh, in the world around me. And uh, it's I've basically, I've turned everybody down because it's like, you know, let's go to a neutral ground. Let's, let's go have coffee and talk about it. Cause it's just not going to work at a church. I don't care what the experience is like. I've had so many experiences. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and that's another thing too, is, is actually being at church, like listening to a sermon. There's a lot of times that I want to laugh and I know that that's probably the <laughs> rudest thing that you could possibly do. <laughs> Dude. I have, you know, even not going to church, I'll find myself in weddings sometimes and I'm just like, I'll roll my eyes and <laughs> what, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like you found like three Bible verses and, and, and it's a, con- like all three of them are a contradiction of each other. Like, what are you doing? But <laughs> I don't know. Like there's, there's just so much about it that is just way too far fetched. I'm like, well, how do you explain this? And then when you ask you know, the wrong question, and the answer that you get is, well, you just have to have faith. And that's what I'm like, okay, we're done here. Well, it's kind of the conversation ender right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, as yeah. soon as they say you got to have faith, the logic part goes out the window, and you try to have a quick conversation about what faith means, and it just doesn't go anywhere because yeah. people will try try to take the, well, you have faith in your wife, right? And um, the best explanation I can give for how my relationship works with my wife is uh, much the same as uh, knowing that when I flip a light switch, the light's going to come on because uh, probably 99% of the time the light's going to come on Um, through experience. My wife has been Faithful. Damn it. See, I have to use the word faithful to explain it. But I mean, she, <laughs> she, she doesn't, she doesn't run around on me. Whatever. I mean, it's a relationship. It works, and it is what it is. Oh, yeah. We're each other. We know oh, how yeah. things go. We talk to each other about everything, and I just, through experience, it works. So, that's, that's. Yeah. I mean, I guess this, I could say that's the that's scientific the method, but that's not. Really, do what? Like then that's yes, like through experience. Like you you spend physical time with your wife. Like you yeah. can touch her and talk to her. You can hear her. Uh you know, it's she is a like an actual being that you can take a picture of and <laughs> like, well, yeah. and go out to dinner with. And yeah, like it's, and that's where, you know, it, it stops being faith and starts being experience. I'll tell you something that's interesting as my life has changed. And as I've um, gone from one thought to the next, to the next in this um, experience, I suppose um, the whole idea of, of you having a soulmate. I mean, do you believe that you have a soulmate? You know, that's actually something else that I've really been thinking about is, you know, like, is there one person in the world that you are destined to spend the rest of your life with? Ah, no, 
I don't think so. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people that you can be compatible with. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think, and, and this is honestly something that I've thought like maybe about writing a stand-up bit about because, you know, reflecting back on my own life, I'm sure that other people are going to feel the same, but just looking back at my own life, how many partners have you told that you are in love with? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I love you. Like, you're the one. You know, like, how many ones have you had? Because I, cause I, like, just on my own, like, I've, you know, I've said that to multiple women. Who I thought, like, yes, I do have a strong connection with you. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you know, I could see myself spending the rest of my life with you. You must be the one. Well, um, so far, nope. Haven't that. I'm like over thirty, but I feel like <laughs> oh I feel like I got a good one right now, so I'm trying not to jinx it. But but no, like so I don't feel like there's one soulmate, one person, uh, like in the world that you're supposed to be with. Yeah. See, um, my whole reasoning for this is almost the same as uh, finding a religion for yourself, um, being based on. Uh, where you're born, who your parents were or are, what they believe, and when you were born. Um, those three factors will determine what religion you are, like most likely. Um, but it kind of goes the same way for me, like where in the whole where are you kind of a deal. Like, man, I swear, anywhere you go in this world, you're going to find somebody who you're going to be able to relate to, you're going to be attracted to, and somebody who stimulates your mind or however it works for you um, as far as somebody who you could see yourself spending a large quantity of your life with. And knowing that and how many I've had in the past, it's just like, you know, yeah, when when my wife dies, uh, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to find somebody else who I'm going to love just as much. It's like, I that part has just it, no longer can I say you are the one for me and I will never love anyone as much as you kind of a deal. Like I just don't see it happening that way anymore. I know some people might kind yeah, of find that as a sad thing. It's like, well, right. Um, people feel sorry for you when you say things like that. And I'm like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as when you die. I mean, I think it's, that's it. You're that's it. Blackness. No more. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what else to say. I, like that's like, that's so sad, but I like, I'm very in tune with both of those sentiments that, you know, like I don't want to believe that. Oh yeah. Like when you die, like that's it game over, you know, but what proof do we have that there's anything else, you know? And then, uh, you know, and then on the, on the, the, the other piece, as far as, yeah, you know, like you can find someone else to, that's, you're going to love them and they're going to love you. And it's, it's, it's sad that there isn't like the one and people will be like, Oh, well, that's so depressing. And I was like, well, like it, it doesn't have to be, it's just an unpopular way of thinking. You know, like it, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I agree with with everything that you just said, and it's, and yeah, it is a little, you know, sad, but you know, the truth hurts sometimes. You know. You know what though? I don't even know if I look at it. I don't think it's sad. 
I think a lot of people, I, I mean, yeah, the people who I tell this to, I think feel sad for me, but it's something I think that I've just come to terms with. Um, when you think about the fact that, yeah, here we are in this little speck, this little tiny corner of this galaxy inside this universe, blah, blah, blah. It's just, uh, in the end, it doesn't matter so much. And it's just enjoying it while I've got it. And that's just the way life is kind of a deal. So I don't even really feel sad about it. I just want to experience as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. That's, and that's like the positive way to think about it, you know? So absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so things are going good then with you and this new, this new lady. <laughs> yeah, things, it's, they are. Uh, so it was kind of funny when we, you know, when we first met, we, we hadn't even really been on a date, but we like we hung out a couple of times and we were talking and I was like, Hey, you know, like I kind of, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of digging, you know, like what's like, what are some things that you look for in a guy? And the very first thing she said was, Oh, well, if she's not a Christian, then there's no way it'll work. Well, okay. Uh, How'd that go? Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing very well and we, spend a ridiculous amount of time together. Uh, but I think that in itself, that that was her number one thing. Uh, and then her just seeing just the way I am, uh, you know, I have, like, I'm not religious, but I have morals and I treat people well. Uh, you know, family is a priority. Uh, like health and well-being is a priority. Uh, you know, like the things about someone who is a Christian are still qualities that can be possessed in other people without the religion. Like, oh, I'm attracted, or I'm only attracted to Christians because they're, you know, they have really strong families and they have good morals and good values. Like, you can still have all of that without religion. And a lot of people, like one of the yeah. other posts uh, that I saw, you know, like, why are atheists always angry? You know, they're not. Like, it's just the mentality that people try to, you know, try to put a generalization on. If, if you're not my religion, then you're just a shitty, angry person. And that's so far from being the truth. It's like that makes me like an angry atheist because that is not true. Uh, so, yes. so, yeah, so I. I, I, I think you know her just seeing that just kind of like opened up her eyes like oh well maybe he's not a douchebag even though he's not a Christian <laughs> and then uh, little does she know but no uh, yeah so it's uh, huh. things are going well yeah, that's cool um, I was I was gonna say. I was going to go somewhere with that, but I totally lost my train of thought. I'm I'm sitting here enjoying myself, Estella Artois, and uh, ah, yeah, a little tired, a little tired after a long weekend working in the yard and stuff. And I was like, dude, I need to do a show. I should just do a show. I need to get some stuff out of my mind. <laughs> um, now, hey, um, this is I know this is just random and all, but you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks back and I was curious if you might want to d dive into it. 
I, I asked you to listen to this podcast and uh, uh, see your thoughts and feelings on uh, this scenario. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I actually never uh, had time to, to give it the second listen through. There's, I just feel like there was so much information that was being thrown at me. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I, this deserves the second listen through, and it just never happened. Okay, that's cool. Um, can I deliver this scenario to you, uh, just uh, yes. the basic gist of it, and see what your opinion is on the subject? Yes. So um, this is something that I was going to bring up on the show tonight regardless because it's something that weighs heavily on me. And I, um, as an atheist and seeing things in a neutral manner, um, I I see religion itself as – something that can be very dangerous and it doesn't matter what religion it is but the religion has nothing to do with the color of skin that the person bears that you see and something that gets at me is um uh do you ever watch bill maher by chance um i used to more than what i do now okay so um, he had a show about a couple years ago um, where he invited um, Ben Affleck and Sam Harris both on the show. Um, I'm assuming you at least know Ben Affleck. Do you know who Sam Harris is? Uh, yeah, the name is familiar, but no, no. Okay, so Sam Harris is what um, in the mid to mid two thousands. We we developed after 9/11, um, this new atheism movement kind of popped out from that because people saw religion being used as a way to cope with a national tragedy and putting it in the public sphere in a way that it, they didn't appreciate. And there were these four gentlemen who kind of came out um, together. I don't know. People just grouped them together. They actually called them the Four Horsemen. Um, which is amusing in itself, but you've got Sam Harris, who is a neuroscientist. Um, you have Daniel Dennett, who is a philosopher. And um, uh, you had uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. yes. And Richard Dawkins was the fourth, is the fourth one. Um, Christopher yeah. Hitchens actually passed away a few years ago, but the three are still here. And um, Sam Harris uh, seems to get in a lot of hot water all the time because he explains like people take sound bites from him and turn him into what sounds like a racist, uh, sexist, whatever. Like they always pin this stuff on him. Um, and to me, I feel, and maybe I need to meet to read more into it, but it's like, the guy needs to take an entire hour, two hours to fully explain his thoughts on a subject without you making him into a, a racist, uh, whatever the names that they throw at him. It's like he has a full thought process and you got to get through the whole thing to understand where he's coming from. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's easy to take, you know, like anything that a non, well, I mean, not, not even like taking religion out of it, but yeah, like it's easy just to take, you know, like sound bites from people and make them out to be, you know, whatever you want to portray them as. Right. So 
um, in his case, this has happened a lot. And um, in this particular show uh, on Bill Maher, he's talking about Islam and how um, how scary it is and how more than any, it is probably the most dangerous of all religions on the face of the planet right now. Um, just based on his knowledge, his stats, his information about it, whatnot, he understands at the same time that there are good people who are Muslims. This is something that he tries to explain all the time, but people always take him as all, all people in Islam are evil, whatever. Um, but he's talking about Islam in such a manner that he says one thing at one moment in time and Ben Affleck freaks out and calls him a sick racist, I think, like to that extent. It's like, so the problem that I see here, and it went crazy, it went viral on in social media land, and uh, everybody, like, who is this Sam Harris guy, and why does he have the right to say these things, and everybody's cheering on Ben Affleck, and everybody totally misses the point, because everybody automatically associates Islam with having, or a Muslim with having brown skin, and... Right. Obviously, that's not the case. I could convert to Islam today if I wanted to, and I have white skin. So, yep, there is um, a basic issue with what the religion does, especially in uh, theocratically controlled countries. And not all theocratically controlled Islamic countries are the same way, because even in Indonesia, you have a, a majority uh, of Islam as the major religion, uh, but they don't necessarily do the same things that happen in Iran or in India, uh, Pakistan just depends or Saudi Arabia. Um, so people have this issue with equating Muslims as Brown people and having Islamophobia. Um, yeah. And and it also, it also works the same or the, the same in reverse. Because I, like I said, uh, I think I told the story the last time I was on here, but you know, multiple times people have looked at me and I have, you know, semi-dark skinned and I got thick black beard, and they just assume that I'm a Muslim. Uh, That's a, this is true. You have a very like, nice shapely beard. <laughs> oh well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so 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 it works both ways, which is sad. Um. So uh, let's see. The podcast that I had you listen to was uh, the Ruben Report, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Um, uh, I was trying to remember which person it was. It was either Sarah Hader or, um, um, goodness, I wish I could remember who it was that I was having you check out. Uh, there's another woman last name. Yasmin Yasmin Mohammed. Oh, Yasmin Mohammed. This is correct. Thank you. I'm glad you found that. Um, yeah, so I'm listening to this woman speak, and I'm understanding everything that she's saying. And it's it's something that I have a hard time dealing with, because as soon as I go into this direction, it's you're automatically um, Islamophobia, Islamophobic. And it's just like, uh, I don't understand how people, I don't understand why people can't separate the two. And there seems to be a, to me, there seems to be this disconnect in the liberal world where people have to make excuses for atrocities that happen in 
in the Islamic world because they're I don't know do you want to do you want to say white guilt uh, that word's been thrown around that the uh, white liberals want to protect uh, these groups because they want to be thought of as inclusive and they can't talk negatively about a group of people that have different color skin than they do when it's I mean, when you're talking specifically about the idea of a theology that they follow has nothing to do with the color of their skin, but it's something that people can't seem to get around. Have you witnessed any of this at all? Have you seen this? I have, and and I I kind of uh, am guilty of using that concept in uh, just being American right now, because if you look at the state of our politics and the things that we're doing in the world, Americans kind of look like assholes. So I'm, you know, anytime if I, if I like meet or talk to somebody that's not from here, you know, in my line of work, you know, we, I talk to, you know, like people from Canada and Mexico, uh, you know, like almost on a daily basis. And I'm just to make sure like I'm really aggressively nice to them. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think that that's a thing that I've, I wouldn't call it white guilt, but uh, but definitely there's, you know, people that, uh, like, there are groups of people that are maybe, like, overly sensitive to, you know, the way that, you know, other people that are maybe seen as the same as them have Islam, or they're Islamophobes, and they, you know, like, all Muslims are dangerous and terrible people, and they're going to blow me up, you know, so people are hypersensitive to that and try to, you know, to join the join the protests and, and you know, just be really, really aggressively nice to Muslims to try to counterbalance that. Okay, so there's another woman and this is who I thought it might have been that I told you to listen to, but her name is Ayan Hersi Ali. Um I cannot remember specifically which country she's from but uh, she fled. Um, she had an arranged marriage. She fled it and wound up in Holland, I believe, uh, became empowered and educated. She actually ran, I believe, for government office there. She actually was a government official briefly. Um, but now I think she lives here in the States. Like she's just kind of traveled from place to place. She is a woman who deals with death threats daily. Um, she, uh, her, as a child, her, her parents, I believe it was her parents. I could be wrong, but she, have you heard of the genitalia mutilation in women in the Islamic world? Yeah. Okay. That's something that she had to live with. Um, she, and she speaks about it all the time. She wants to make sure people understand that this is a thing and that it does happen. And that was one of the phrases she used was um, white guilt is why she feels like that this is happening because it existed before there were even Muslims in America is what she said in the United States. And that uh, um, it's just this continual thing that people can't get past, Um, which I, you know, I, I also understand your point and wanting to be overly nice to everybody that you meet to show that America or, you know, United States citizens are not all assholes, <laughs> but, um, it's a, it's a this, lot of work. <laughs> this is where she's coming from though. And, um, 
yeah, she gets death threats all the time from the Islamic world. And even friends of mine that I, I know personally uh, who are Muslim don't like her. And people consider her a terrorist based on her views, which, um, I mean, you could say the same. I mean, if you are or not aware, in Saudi Arabia, atheists are terrorists. They're labeled as terrorists in Saudi Arabia. Did you know this? Nope. I, nope. So note to self. Yeah. Don't go to Saudi Arabia. Um Thankfully, it's something that you can hide. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's one of those things. And now she goes out and she speaks consistently, you know, all the time. She goes places all the time. Um, but she said some of the toughest things that she has is she doesn't have any luck getting on what you would consider liberal news networks because she talks so negatively about Islam. But they invite her on Fox all the time. And uh, she says she's spoken with Tucker Carlson. You know who I refer to? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like, she appreciates talking with him because he understands the whole deal with mutilation. Like, it's just a horrible thing. But they have it out for um, they want to destroy Islam, period. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is I find myself in this really weird space where I consider myself a liberal progressive at the same time as an atheist i find religion as a horrible thing in almost all cases while it can contribute to the good of humanity i just feel like it is used in such ways that put us behind as a society and because i find myself as a liberal and an atheist i struggle with the fact that i don't appreciate you know, I love the culture. I I love meeting people from different cultures, whatever. But it's such a hard thing to try to talk with people, uh, Muslims and specifically Christians. I mean, you try to talk negatively about something that they hold very deep to their core and see how they react to it. It's just a really tough thing to do sometimes. And, yeah, I feel like... it doesn't even necessarily have to be negative. It's just, well, I don't particularly agree with, you know, like that stance or that the Bible says this. And that's enough to set some Christians off and like, oh, well, you're insensitive and you're, you're a bad person because you're not a Christian. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why that this is an issue and why we can't get past the fact that just because you're Islam doesn't mean you have to have brown skin. And just because I'm talking about Islam doesn't mean that I'm being racist. I don't see how people can't separate them. It drives me nuts. I mean, it, it, it goes back to just, you know, like generalizations and, you know, like, you know, if you look like this, then you believe this, and this is what country you're from, and this is your faith, and, you know, it's it's all stereotypes and generalizations, and, and to be honest, you know, like, the media doesn't help with that a lot, because you don't see white Muslims on TV ever, you know, you don't see, you know, like, people from like the Middle East, we're like, actually, you know, I, I, I'm not a Muslim, you know, even though I look like this. 
so it's yeah, like the, yeah. the media and, and TV and everything, like it's not helping to you know, like to not reinforce those stereotypes. But that's just unfortunately the the ignorance of people that are you know that are sucked into that stuff. Yeah. So. I love Bill Maher. The guy's hilarious. I don't agree with everything that he stands behind. Um, for one, he's, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's anti GMO or anti vax or both either or, or both. I'm not even sure specifically where you stand, but I'm kind of like, Hey, uh, I want my vaccinations and food's been genetically modified forever. <laughs> so yeah. it's not a big deal to me. Um, but, um, but he kind of stands on the opposite end of one of those lines. And I'm pretty sure it's GMOs and he'll say things sometimes that I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you saying this? But I still listen to the guy cause I think he's hilarious and he makes really good points about other things, religion, whatnot, uh, politics in general. Um, but there are other people like that. And you see, it's, it's strange and difficult for me when I have, a really good friend uh, who is Muslim who loves it when they're put in their place. It's like uh, when I realize that somebody can't listen to somebody that I really like because they think they're an asshole and they disagree with everything that they believe kind of puts me in that same position. Like had, if they knew that I did this show and then I talked about certain things, how would they deal with me? kind of an inner struggle thing for me. I don't know how else to put yeah. it, but <laughs> it's like really yeah. great people. I love you guys. I just think that your religion sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, totally agree. You know, like there's, you know, I know a lot of great people, you know, like they're Christians and everything. And then they, that's, that's the only thing. Like they're great friends. Like they would do anything for, you know, giving the shirt off their back, but, you know, like, they just believe some outlandish shit. So, I don't know. Anyway, I guess I was just curious, you know, how you thought about that and how you deal with it, because, I mean, I guess I just keep going, but there's not a whole lot of people that I can talk to about it, and I'd really like to have a really good conversation with uh, my my Muslim friends or just any Christian in general who Let's face it, I have a lot more Christian friends than Muslim friends, but uh, that's just because there's kind of a lack of that ability to find Muslim friends in the area. Um, True. But it's just, it's one of those things where I love to have this conversation and try to understand why this is an issue, uh, specifically in the Muslim world, because, um, man, it it almost makes me want to read the Quran just to... uh, just to, just to have it in my back pocket so I know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I haven't read uh, the Torah or uh, the New Testament, so it's not like I really know what the hell I'm talking about. I just kind of I just kind of put it off in the background because it's just like I don't know why I have to read something that just sounds stupid in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally agree. I mean, it's just – it's. If you want to understand, you know, what you're like, what the other side, you know, like where they're getting their information from, it will make you better in conversation having yeah. their background, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I say and that. Also, and I'm sure uh, it sounded. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, Mar is both anti-vaccines and GMOs. Oh, so you're googling this information for me? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm both talking and googling for you at the same time. What's up? I should. We should make you a a regular co-host. Well, I'm I'm flattered. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I think you can understand why. I mean, I think the guy's hilarious. Hell, my grandmother, who is a Christian, likes to watch Bill Maher. She thinks the guy's hilarious. So, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I'm serious. I can have all kinds of really awesome conversations with my grandmother. She is a Christian. She goes to church most every Sunday, um, and she watches Bill Maher regularly. <laughs> um, I think it's is, honest. That sounds like a very interesting woman. Oh, she's very awesome. I was very surprised, but she is a Democrat. She would she finds most Republican policy just completely ridiculous. Um, she's been a Democrat her whole life. Her parents were farmers in Indiana. They were Democrats. Um, they all felt like Democrats did more for those who were working than Republicans did. Um, just that kind of blew my mind. I wasn't expecting that. These were farm democratic farmers in small towns in Indiana. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and that's, not, yeah, um, that's a, that's a needle in a haystack right there. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, oh. they did. I don't know if you even noticed you did that, but I'll, I'm going to say that you did. <laughs> Come on. I get paid for this stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I mean, that was actually the cool part about them. I mean, my grandma has always been a very open-minded individual. She's always like, whoever is in my life is in my life and I'm going to be cool with them. Um, so that's been really awesome for me to be able to go to her house and have these long conversations about these things. And she understands. And she's also, while I think she's somewhat upset that I'm an atheist, she's also, she'll talk about it, which is just something I don't think most people get out of a 70 year old 75 year old woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, I guess that's the gist of those things. I just, I really wish I could figure out what the hell, uh, how the hell to move forward with that idea. And, uh, I guess it's something that I'm seeing, um, splitting what you might call liberals in this country. Um, because I have, for instance, there's an author that I really enjoy who I follow on Facebook who's just sometimes he's totally off the wall and he attacks people because they will allow for conservatives to go speak at universities. And, he, you know, he thinks if you're a conservative and you have this kind of mentality, you shouldn't be allowed to speak about it anywhere. Oh, I think we're like ever like they're not allowed to use words or well, just yeah. in public. Um, I guess I'm the kind of person that's like, man, if if the college Republicans invite a speaker to campus, um, they should be allowed to invite the speaker to campus. Just the same that I would want to invite Bill Maher to campus to speak. Um, Republican conservatives or even Muslims would have a freak out attack about it. And, uh, 
I just think that you should be able to invite people who are going to talk about ideas, whether you agree with them or not. It's a university and you should at least be willing to listen to ideas, whether they're ridiculous or not. But there's a lot of people that really dislike that stance. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's honestly like that big of a deal, then, then don't go. Like, don't go listen, you know? Let, you know, like, let people with different ideals speak and you just don't be there. I, I don't know what's so hard about that. And I guess the other thing is, uh, you know, when they invite people to campus, uh, they'll come in and they'll, they'll protest. And yeah. I guess I feel like, Okay, if you want to protest, protest outside the building, whatever. Say, hey, you don't want this person here. That's fine. Do all the protesting you want there. I feel like if you're going to come in the room, that rather than protesting and trying to keep the person from speaking, trying to have a dialogue and ask questions with the person is a better situation than not letting them have a chance. To me... Yeah. You go in there, you ask questions, you put them in a spot, and you try to get them to answer a question and make them look like a fool. I mean, I guess that's how I look at it. Maybe I'm part of a very radical group of people. I don't know. But I would rather, like, let the person speak and let everybody – prove to everybody how ridiculous they are and let it disappear, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That, that – no, like, I, I totally agree. Uh what was the uh, oh uh, I saw a video maybe about a week or so ago where uh, Richard Spencer was speaking I, I want to say it was at a college university and uh-huh. uh, somebody like went up and like asked them a question and then like passive aggressively at the end was like by the way also how did it feel to get punched in the face and everybody was like oh but you know like she wasn't like protesting like boo you're an idiot like she asked a legitimate question about his beliefs and then threw in the punch in the face. Okay. So knowing that you're talking about a neo-Nazi or a Nazi, um, I don't even think he's a neo-Nazi. I don't even know what the hell the classification is. Uh, How do you feel about the idea that a, a group invited a Nazi to speak at a university? I mean, I, that would have been very upsetting to me. Uh, I probably, I, I probably would have attended just so I could, you know, like went up and like ask some questions about, you know, like what makes you think that this shit is okay? You know, like, like just to, like, I don't know, like maybe try to get an idea about his morals or like his value system. Uh, and like, you know, really asking some tough questions, but, uh, but at the same time, I also want to punch into the face. So I don't like it's kind of a uh, <laughs> that one's a tough know. one, though, isn't it? I mean, how do you get around? Because a lot of people are going to say, you know, hey, they used university money uh, to pay for this guy mm-hmm. to come speak at their campus. But is there a difference between a college group, a student group, and the university itself inviting a speaker? Oh, you're saying like a, a a group using their money versus using university money. Yeah. yeah but even even I, at the same time, yeah. student groups still get money allocated to them through the school. 
It's just so, that a student group is allocating it. They're using it as opposed to the university. Well, yeah. So, so when you look at it that way, yeah, either way, it's university money, but they're going to spend it on what they, you know, on what they feel like is a good decision for them. Uh-huh. You know, so if they, so if they wanted to go for as a Nazi or neo-Nazi or not so neo-Nazi versus, you know, uh, like a Trevor Noah or a Bill Maher or Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know. Uh, That's their choice. Yeah, like I, I would agree that that it's their choice and their right to allocate it towards whatever they felt like. You know, even even though you're part of an organization that destroyed. <laughs> This is gonna. Uh, my my reasoning is taking a wild turn in my head right now. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down this path. But um, okay. even though Nazis just they were they attempted to wipe out the Jewish population, obviously during World War II, uh, in that time frame in the in the late 20s to the 40s, right? So you know that right. this group of people hates and wants to kill people and eradicate people because they are not white. Blonde hair, well, obviously not all of them are blonde, but they're not white and they're not Christian. Um, But then my head continued on thinking about how many, you know, there was the Spanish Inquisition, there was Uh any person you would invite to a campus that was Christian, they have that legacy in their background too. Um, uh, But I mean, people are going to argue one way or the other on why it's okay for a Christian person to be speaking compared to someone who is a Nazi or a Klan member when you're talking Mm -hmm. about a group that is dedicated to wiping out anyone who's not white. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference there? There, uh, there is, (laughs) yeah. I want to say there is a difference because to me, you know, this something that I've always, you know, been a strong advocate of is that I'm, I'm not anti-religion. I see religion as a tool, you know, you can use it to do good. You can use it to have good morals and good values and be a good person, or you can use it, you know, uh, you could, the Spanish Inquisition was a great, the Crusades, you know, uh, like you can use it as a tool for destruction and war. Uh, and just like, oh, we're Christians and these people don't like us, let's go murder them, you know? And, uh, so it's, so I don't think, like, it's it's hard for me, it's, it's, it's how the group is using it. So obviously, you know, like the neo-Nazis are using it as a tool to for evil and bad versus just a regular Christian, I guess I don't want to say a regular Christian, a non-murdering Christian, uh, you know, they could grow up and still be religious and have a completely different message. So, I don't know, but you're right. It's definitely a, um, a hard question to, to get a good answer to. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I I am a proponent of free speech and I know free speech only you know it prevents the government from arresting you for saying things against the government 
but I also appreciate open dialogue. It's just such a strange gray line when it comes to that open dialogue and whether the group speaking is talking about how horrible an idea is or, or how horrible an idea or people are, and they want to remove them from the face of the planet. I mean, there's, there's a line there and who do you allow to come talk? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just, a, I don't know. Cause I want to bring these prominent atheist speakers to campuses to talk about things and share ideas. But, uh, you know, it's not like they're Pol Pot or Stalin or somebody who um, <laughs> annihilated, I mean, in their own right as atheists doing what they did. But, um, right. I mean, they're just, it's an atheist. They don't believe in God. It's not a religion. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's frustrating to me because I just want to be able to invite these people to campus and talk about things, but then I know that you're going to get pushback. And I think that that is why I feel like you should let anybody come talk um, uh-huh. and just expose them for the ridiculousness. But yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. And I know that that's not a popular thing for a lot of people. Well, no, because people just immediately turn to hate and anger and, you know, in some unfortunate cases, violence. And, you know, that's not something that you want to see. Instead of challenging them mentally, they're just like, I don't like you, so let's fight. No, like, there's there's a better way to prove your point. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> there's there's that. <laughs> Um, yeah there it is uh you know what um it i've we've been going on here for about an hour man um i appreciate you calling in um i don't know is there anything else you wanted to bring up while you were here uh no i i kind of wanted to get that one thing i'll just talk to somebody else about it and and see uh because i got well I attempted to get the the Christian, you know, backing of of those lyrics, and then uh, I was like, you know what, I, I want to, I, I want Mike to just tear this apart. And uh, I don't know if I really yeah, tear it. Did I tear? Did I tear it apart? <laughs> no, you you kind of let me down, but that's fine. I'm sorry. I uh, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I mean. I think it's it is it is humorous. Uh, going back to it, it is humorous to think uh, uh, that you would put yourself out there in such a way, and uh, faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Uh, faith makes a fool of what makes sense. So whatever makes sense, faith. How the hell does faith make anything a fool of what makes sense? <laughs> <laughs> like the statement in itself is, is it's a mind fuck. Like what? What? Faith makes a fool of what makes sense, but grace found my heart where logic ends. Yep. <laughs> it is that that line, though. I mean, once you have nothing to explain how something works, you have to go to some supernatural being. But faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Yep. 
That's actually kind of a shitty statement, really. It really, <laughs> really is. It's like, uh, you know, I know that makes sense, but God's in control, so it doesn't really matter. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Does that uh, make you feel better? <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. Because, yeah, that's that's what I came here for. Like, an hour later, I'm finally getting an answer to my question. Okay, it took an hour. And it makes no sense, <laughs> but this is grace. And I know you're with me in this place. I think they just needed a rhyme there. Um, yeah. It makes no sense, but this is grace. Of course it makes no sense. And every time I have this conversation with somebody and they're like, well, I don't know what else to say. You got to have faith. Um, it's like, it may, like, you should just walk away and sing that lyric. It makes no sense, but this is grace. They're really kind of putting themselves out there a little bit, I guess. Um, right? It's like, like hey, like, we know this is ridiculous, but we're glad that you're all with us because now we can all be ridiculous together. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, to me, that's what religion – that's what – when I go into a church and I hear people saying these things and – I mean, really, honestly, it's – I think everybody knows. Like, to an extent, people need to have something. They feel like they've got to have something that pr- makes sense for why they're here. And hopefully when they die, they get to go somewhere. I can understand the need to have that. But then when you get into the idea of all the weird, crazy bullshit, the, the metaphysical, supernatural, whatever, and you're like, okay with the idea of a donkey or a snake talking to you or whatever it comes or hell eating an apple from a tree of knowledge. Um, you're not allowed to do that. I don't want you to know anything. I need you to be dumb and, <laughs> and go with the fact that I'm, I exist and that's how this is going to work. It's like people realize how ridiculous that sounds, but they mm-hmm. need to yeah. have other people join them so they don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's just sad. That's, that's the gist of how I feel about religion, really. It's used to control people, uh, to keep order, and um, honestly, the, the amount of frustration that goes through my veins <laughs> when I think about how people are okay with being stupid or ignorant is the word I want to I don't want to use the word stupid. Um, being yeah. ignorant because they know a creator is there and it's going to take care of things just frustrates me to no end. It's like, why don't you want to know things? Why don't you want to understand how things work? And Um, they're just fine with having no idea, you know, like they're just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to know, you know? And and then I hear people talking about how horrible science is and they're, and they're talking about all this stuff on their vlogs on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, um, you do realize that you're using science to get your message out. Like science <laughs> made this this communication outlet available to you. And did you know that the only reason it's there is because a gay atheist came up with the indi- the idea of a computer system? <laughs> Those are the things well, that uh, it's like, come on, people. 
Well, Read you, a book. you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, it makes no sense, but this is grace. <laughs> okay, I kind of ran on a little bit of a tangent there. I I hope that was okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that was perfect. Oh man, yeah. I don't know if I can ever go to a church again, other than having to do a wedding. <laughs> it, it's just a, it's a mind-numbingly annoyance to me. And that's saying that, knowing that I have family members that go to church and I love them dearly. I just can't do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so, I I I go for I go for my girlfriend because she appreciates it and uh, uh and and yeah like you said you know some weddings and stuff but yeah actually uh one of my favorite podcasters I believe he's married he is an atheist um, and I believe he's married to a Christian woman and. I always wonder how their relationship goes because his whole show is based on the idea of making fun of or debunking religion in general. And I always wonder really? how that relationship works but or how any of those relationships work because hell, I even want to talk about it with my wife and she's like, you know, we stand on the same page. We don't really need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, in a sense, I can imagine being with a person of religious uh, values and wanting to believe in a particular whatever, follow whatever religion, I can also imagine that there would be um, some sort of reward. I don't know if reward is a word, but um, when you know that you guys can have an open discussion about things and challenge each other, I think there's probably a an amount of, hey, I'm getting something out of this. We're, we're pushing each other to a, a mental limit, I guess. Yeah. For me, that would be fun. But hey. Yeah, it's I. My problem though with that, right? At least right now, is that I don't feel challenged. You know. Well, have you challenged her, and how has she dealt with it? She thinks that I am making fun of her and, you know, like making fun that of her. That always happens. And all I'm doing is asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a touchy subject to go. And uh, for me, I just have to remind the person that I'm talking to, like, listen, I am not attacking you. I am not making fun of you. I'm talking about the idea system that you believe in. That's all I'm talking about. I just want you to think about it, and that's what it is. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, man. I wish you well. <laughs> she seems like it. I mean, I haven't met her yet, but, I mean, if you're cool with her, I'm sure she's a cool chick. <laughs> no, like we, we we have a lot of fun together. Uh but religion aside, she does challenge me in other ways, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm thankful that I have her, and she she, she really does make me very happy. So I'm a lucky guy. Cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time on this late Sunday evening to have a conversation with me. <laughs> I'm not sure how long the show would have – do what? 
I said, but of course. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how long the show would have lasted with it just being me talking to myself, but I had a few things I needed to get off my chest, and we hadn't done a show for a while, so I figured it was time. So, um, well, yeah, man, I always appreciate having a having a chat with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, you know, if you if you need a a replacement co-host again, just let me know. I'll be happy to jump on. Hey, that's cool. I'm sure we'll invite you on with, with Keith here, too, in the near future. I'm hoping we can get a, get back on a roll and try to do one or two sh- shows, or sorry, two to four shows a month. It just depends on how it goes. Um, we're not yeah. very uh, consistent. We have a problem with consistency. <laughs> so <laughs> life gets in the way. This is just something we do for fun. Um I don't know. I think in the back of our mind, there's always this idea that maybe one day we could get paid for this and we could go to conferences and stuff and listen to all these cool people talk and stuff. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see if that actually happens. So, uh, hey, yeah, that would be, be yeah, that'd be real awesome. Yeah, I I really want to like. There are so many people in the atheist community or free thought community that are doing really amazing things and great things for humanity in general that I look up to that most people do not know. And I feel like I would have this fanboy mentality when I met them. I don't know how else that makes sense, but it's like, holy shit, this is a guy I listen to all the time. (laughs) Uh, or this woman yeah. is like doing all these amazing things and I'm actually standing in her presence right now. Like, I don't know. It's just such a small community, but, uh, yeah. On that note, man, uh, I appreciate you calling in. I'm going to end this show cause I need to take a shower cause it's been a long day. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hey, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having <laughs> Have me. Good night. It was fun. <laughs> You too. I'll talk anyway. to you later. Bye. Okay, so um well on that note, uh yeah, you can always find us being dot com or uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh send us an email, um dot podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook where we have had little activity lately because we've been busy, but uh Facebook.com slash being dot podcast. And uh, Twitter, being humanist, PC. Uh, every once in a while, I'll have a flurry of activity there, and then it'll die again. Um, but yeah, um, we appreciate you listening. Uh, sorry for the inconsistencies of the show. Um, it, sometimes it just doesn't work. It's life. It's something that we do for fun. Uh, Keith's off in Arizona with some friends right now, so we'll have him back in the next week, and we'll keep this show move, moving. And hopefully maybe we'll eventually one day get it to a point where we know what's happening in the next four weeks and we can promote stuff. So um, if you've been listening or if you're listening post this being live, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, as we would always say, uh, this is being humanist and we implore you to keep thinking. Thanks for listening.